Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over half a million times in over 145 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 220 of the Australian Hiker Podcast, and in this week's episode, East Gippsland Rail Trail, here I come. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice, so that each episode is available as soon as it's published, and if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. In mid-2022, when I found my chosen hiking trail for my mid-year trip, ended up being closed for longer than was planned, I needed to pivot and find a new adventure. I was looking for roughly a four to five day trip, uh, about 100 kilometres in distance, and one that I could get to without having to be a bit of a travel nightmare. Rail trails have always been on my bucket list, and after spending a bit of time searching for a replacement trip, I came up with the East Gippsland Rail Trail in eastern Victoria to suit my needs. In this podcast episode, the first of three for this trail, we look at my expectations for this trip and discuss logistical issues prior to me starting. In the next episode, episode 221, we will then bring you interviews from the trail uh, and hopefully, if the opportunity arises, interview with other trail users. Uh, And then finally, episode 222, We'll bring you a final wrap-up of my expectations prior to the trip and how they actually panned out uh, once I'd actually done it. For me, this is a trip I've been looking forward to for quite a while, and I'm hoping that it will provide a good option and a good alternative to the national park trails or the well-known hiking trails. We hope you enjoy. So why am I doing this trip? As I mentioned, I was supposed to be doing another hiking trail, and in fact, I was supposed to be finishing off the last section of the human hovel track. And I discovered that uh, the problem I was having trying to finish this track was that they're doing some repair work uh, on one of the campsite areas, and I was unable to actually stay overnight in an area that I needed to be able to stay. So this trip has now been pushed off to a later date, that uh, must be, I don't know, the fifth reschedule. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it. We'll finish it one day. So I ended up looking for uh, uh, options for trips in the close vicinity. And the, and the word options further afield, but I didn't want to have to spend sort of a day and a half getting there and a day and a half back. I, I just didn't have that time frame. So something either in Victoria or New South Wales stood out really well. And Funnily enough, a number of the tracks that I looked at, they were doing burn-offs, they were doing trail maintenance, they were doing all sorts of other stuff. So the options that I was considering doing, they were all out as well. And I did actually have rail trails on my list of things to do some stage in the future. And when I came across the, the, uh, the search process for this trip, rail trails just seemed to fit the bill really well. 
There are roughly around about 144 rail trails Australian-wide, with a good chunk of them being in Victoria. And given that my distances and my timing that I was looking for, I really narrowed it down to three tracks. And then finally, I decided I was going to be doing the East Gippsland Rail Trail. Now, one question I'm, I think I can hear, almost hear people asking is, is this real hiking? Why? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think this is one of the things that, uh, you know, we are Australian hiker and we did get a lot of questions when we first started hiking about why is an Australian bushwalker? And there were a number of reasons for that. But I think hiking is more descriptive. Uh, it's a bit more broad. And in this case here, rail trails probably suits better the term hiking than bushwalking. Uh, and while there are bush sections on this trail, there are urban sections walking through towns, there are walking through farmland. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a, I wouldn't say it's a bush walk, but it's definitely a hike. Just looking at some logistics for this track, uh, and first up I'll start with weather. And weather really is very much outside of control of anybody. I mean, the <laughs> weather over the last week and the last couple of weeks when I looked at picking this track has been really nice. The forecast pretty much for the four days that I'm going to be on track uh, are for rain. Rain, uh, rain, yeah. rain. <laughs> but thankfully it's not a big amount of rain. I think the heaviest day we've got is about, or I've got is about four millimetres uh, and most other days it's sort of one to two, one to three millimetres. Yeah, so, and if, you know, if it gets a bit heavier you might be lucky and it might happen at night rather than during the day. So I'll see how we go. And again, this as it stands at the moment, uh, as this podcast is being recorded, I've still got around about uh, four days uh, or four and a half days before I start walking. So I can always hope that the conditions actually change for the better and not for the worse. Temperature-wise, you know, this is sort of eastern Victoria during autumn still, but it, you know it's approaching winter. And the temperature range over the four-day period that will be on trail is ranging from a minimum of about 7 degrees to a maximum of about 16. Maximum suits me really well. I'm quite happy with that. And the minimum, yeah, we're getting much colder temperatures in my hometown city of Canberra than that. So I'm actually quite, quite comfortable with the temperature conditions. One of the more complex things that I had to worry about with this trail was the transport. And I spent a couple of weeks working out how I was going to get to Melbourne. And initially it started off with me flying down to Melbourne and then getting uh, a train out to Barnsdale uh, and then getting a uh, coach from Barnsdale through to Orbost and then basically walking back to Barnsdale, uh, uh, train back to Melbourne and then flying back to Canberra. And I worked it out that for me to fly and get a... a, a the various transport options to where I needed to go was around about a seven and a half or eight hour process. Uh, and then someone made the suggestion, which I hadn't even thought about, I can actually drive to Orbost in around about four hours. So that changed my whole process, my whole th thought process. Uh, so what I'm actually going to be doing is driving to Orbost, staying in Orbost overnight and starting my track the next day and leaving my car at the motel. And then when I finish in Barnsdale, I'll actually be uh, getting a coach back to Orbost, staying at the same hotel, and then driving home the next day. So it that I it's something I really hadn't thought about because usually the tracks I tend to do 
tend to be a bit further afield and driving is, is not really an option. Accommodation-wise is also a bit of a not quite sure, and this is a bit of a guess here. This is a rail trail. It's a multi-use trail. It's designed for horse riders. It's designed for walkers. It's designed for cyclists. And certainly the option is to tent, uh, to stay in bed and breakfasts or motels or caravan parks, uh, or a combination. As far as I can tell, there's no ability to camp in the middle of nowhere, legally at least anyway. Uh, there's potentially nothing stopping me from, from leaping a fence and just disappearing into the bush and putting my, my tent up. Um, but really that's frowned upon. Uh, and while you can actually camp in state forests, there's not a lot of state forest options on this trail. There's one option I think that I could use, but in all honesty, it's just as easy to uh, to stop through and, and use the accommodation that's available along the the trail itself. So over the four nights, I'm staying at a uh, an accommodation. I'll be tenting it for all all the uh, the three nights that I'm actually sleeping on trail. But first night, I'm staying at accommodation, which is uh, has a series of cabins and, and tent sites. Second night is in a caravan park, again in tent, and that'll be in one of the towns. Third night again, uh, tenting it in one of the towns. And then on, on the last day, I'll actually get the coach back to my motel in Orbost. And uh, so it's really only three nights that I'm going to be camping on the trail itself. So I guess that means that you're going to be able to lighten your food load a, a little bit because you'll be able to get uh, food in town, uh, at least for dinner maybe. Yeah, but I must admit I haven't quite finalised that, which is going to be interesting because basically I'm packing my pack tomorrow night. I think uh, I will probably not rely on any cafes or takeaways. I'll have a look at that over the next uh, tomorrow morning and tomorrow evening and see if that's an option. But that's certainly a, a, an ability I've got through there. I don't want to have to fiddle around with breakfast. I just want to be able to get up and go and not have to wait for a cafe to open. So certainly breakfasts and lunches uh, I'll have with me. The the dinners, I'll either uh, bring my stove and cook uh, as, I, as I'm going. Uh, and certainly the first night, I will need to do that. The second and third night, I've got the potential to actually go to cafes or takeaways. But given I've got to bring my stove, it's just as easy to bring bring food with me and just cook it, just to make it nice and simple. Now, in relation to equipment, pretty much this is a multi-day hiking trip. But because it's only four days, um, I'm actually going to be using a new pack. Earlier this year, Jill and I did the uh, Three Capes Track in Tasmania, and I used a 33-litre pack. Uh, which works quite well, but I could have done with just a couple of extra litres of sizing. So I've got a new pack, which is 36 litres in size, and I'm expecting to be able to get everything quite comfortably into my pack. Uh, so it'll be a small pack, uh, not overly heavy as far as a multi-day trip is concerned. Uh, I haven't worked out what my exact weight is, uh, but it will be under 15 kilos, including water. Uh, and I, and in all honesty, I expect it to probably be closer to sort of 13 kilos at, at worst. But otherwise, I will be carrying a tent. I will be carrying sleeping mat and, and my food for basically three and a half days is what it amounts to. So it's um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And as I said, I'm packing tomorrow night. Worst case, if I 
grossly have underestimated what I'm going to be carrying. I've got some options, but I'm trying to get away carrying a small pack uh, just so I can move move uh, fast and cover bigger distances. And again, it's much easier when you're doing potentially 30-kilometre 30, 30 days with a smaller, lighter pack. As part of the trip write-up, I'll also include a gear, my gear list with what I took, uh, just to give you an idea if this is something that you're looking at doing as well. The trail surfaces vary. Um, certainly close into Barnsdale or Bensdale uh, is actually sealed uh, trail. Uh, and looking at the photos in the guidebooks, it looks like a almost like a wide bitumen trail. Uh, and then the, the bulk of the trail itself is actually dirt, tra- dirt road with fine gravel. Uh, so it's, you know, they're not rough bush tracks, uh, but they, you know, they're reasonably good tracks because they're designed for cyclists as well as horses. Uh, so I'm expecting to have reasonably good trail conditions. Distance-wise, and this is something that I'll look at to see what the options are, and, and it's a bit of a function of the trail that I've chosen. I, as I said, I am doing this track over four days, with the first day being 30 kilometres. Second day is only 10 kilometres. Third day, 26 kilometres. And the last day into Bansdale is 31 kilometres. Now, they're big days. Certainly that the second day is quite easy at, you know, at 10 kilometres. Uh, but the other three days are good-sized days. But I won't be carrying a heavy pack. I'll talk about the pack in a moment. And I'm, I can quite comfortably at the moment do the 25 kilometer 26 kilometer which is what I did over Easter this year with Jill so I not you know I'm not in any rush uh, if it takes me 10 hours to do those sort of distances that's fine I think the other thing is the the terrain doesn't look too onerous uh, in terms of lots of steep climbs and those sorts of stuff I mean I don't know what you've assessed as that but it when I looked at the information it, it did look as if it was quite do, doable um, as uh, big days uh, like you've described. So in all honesty there's not a huge altitude uh, distance. Um, I mean I think looking at Bansdale is what's is 14 meters above sea level. Um, Bumbra, <laughs> That's not very much Bumbra, is it? <laughs> no, Bumbra 56 meters. Um, Colloquin and again I know that's not quite the, the right pronunciation is 129 metres. So um, there's not a huge distance or a huge increase in, in gradient. Uh, and if you listen to the last episode where we interviewed the president of Rail Trails Australia, he said a lot of these trails were built when steam trains were around and steam trains couldn't cope with very steep inclines. So uh, the a lot of the, the trails have big cut-throughs or bridges. Right. Um, so we're not, not expecting huge, great mountains in the middle of the way. So it will, I'm expecting to be, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it's going to be easier than walking through the Australian Alps as an example. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be steady, I think, um, and perhaps a little bit uh, predictable maybe. Now, things I'm expecting to see on trail. Um, I'm walking Saturday, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. So on the weekend, I'm expecting to see a reasonable amount of people either cycling or on horses and the occasional walkers as I get close to the towns. Uh, but certainly Monday and Tuesday, which is you know given that most people are walking and it's not a, a school holiday period, I'm expecting to have not many people on the trail. I'm expecting to be pretty much by myself. A lot of old rail infrastructure, and looking at the guidebook, there's this spectacular old wooden bridge, 
that looks like it's still in use or potentially in use. Uh, but it, you know, it's just this big old clunky, chunky sort of wooden bridge. It looks really amazing. So I'm looking forward to getting some photos of some of this infrastructure. Um, I'm expecting to have a mix of farmland and bushland, and apparently with a number of the rail trails in Australia, they're going through and revegetating a lot of the corridors. Uh, and in talking to uh, Damien from Rail Trails Australia, he did indicate there are some bush sections on this trail. So it's it's definitely, as I said, it's not a bush walk. You know, it's not walking through uh, remote areas where it's bushland and no one around. It's definitely a a um, I think probably the best way to think about this is a rural ramble. Was probably probably the best way to think about this, passing through farmlands. Uh, going through a lot of different vegetation, seeing old rail infrastructure uh, and seeing what rural life is like in, in, in eastern Victoria. So I think for me it's going to be interesting and one comment I would make through here, I did mention I was getting a coach back from Barnsdale back to Orbost. I've got a couple of options here. I need to, that my bus actually leaves at 5.30 in the afternoon so I've got to have completed uh, 31 kilometres by that time that day. So I'll probably get up and start walking at about 7 o'clock. Um, you know, even if I only do 4 kilometres per hour, that's that's a comfortable sort of speed. Uh, and I, I expect to be able to maintain that. So on that sort of uh, 4 kilometres an hour, 7.5 hours will do me quite comfortably, which should get me there around about mid-afternoon with a couple of hours to spare. All else fails... There is a one o'clock in the morning coach. <laughs> so yeah, you don't I, want to do yeah, that one. I, I'm really not. I'm really hoping that I don't miss the early bus. Otherwise, I'm going to have to hang around all boss. Uh, I'll probably go and get a motel of, uh, room just for a few hours, have a bit of a sleep, and then, then head up and pick the uh, pick up the later bus if need be. But I'm pretty sure I can make it there in time. So I think from my perspective, this is something different. It, it is something unique. And I think from my perspective, it provides an additional group of trails, uh, multi-purpose trails that most people tend not to think about when they're looking at where can I go hiking. So I really am looking forward to this trail and looking forward to doing the write-up and taking lots of amazing photos, which will come into the full write-up of this trip as well as, as I said, I'll be recording on-trail recordings about what I'm seeing and, and hopefully talking to other, other users and other trail service providers as they go. It actually sounds like a really interesting trip and I've also, you know, I won't be going with Tim, but uh, I've been looking at the guidebook and uh, checking out what's on offer and uh, I think it will be a little bit different to the usual sort of hiking that we do not just because it's along trail corridors but um, that bridge that Tim mentioned is one of the kinds of things that you you know you'd imagine you would see in the movies not uh, in uh, rural uh, Australia so that will be really interesting to see what that looks like in in real life and uh, I'm looking forward to some great photos Tim. 
One last thing I'd probably mention here as well with this, this trip is uh, I'm giving myself an extra four and a half kilometres, which takes me close to the 100 kilometre mark. Because I'm starting from Orbost, the trail itself actually doesn't uh, start from Orbost. It starts from a town just outside of Orbost. Uh, and potentially I could actually set up a tent, uh, park my car somewhere, set up a tent and start from that point. But I've then got to get the, somehow get back there again and getting a coach back to Orbost and then walking four and a half kilometres back to my car again isn't a great option. So for the sake of an extra hour and a quarter worth of walking, uh, I'm quite happy to start a bit further afield and use the major towns uh, as the, the start and end point. Okay. That's all for this episode. I am very much looking forward to this trip and looking forward to bringing you the write-up and the podcast as we go. Okay, that's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me. So why am I doing this trip? You're right. Okay. So why am I doing this? Tri- <laughs> <laughs> okay.